Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. It's a Thursday edition of the show, last show of the week, where we're going to save the best for last. We are talking about the most anticipated player matchups for the Bucks this upcoming season. We've seen the schedule. There's some really tough opponents on there, but that doesn't mean that the Bucks can't overcome it and use some of their star players to win those games. You see on the picture here, Mike Evans versus Jalen Ramsey. That's a very fun one. We'll talk about that topic and much more. I'm your host, Matt Matera, and join with me are two very special guests, two awesome people. First, also from PeterReport.com, Casey Hudson, and also joining us from the Cannon Fire podcast, it is Evan Wanish, as I just said, from the Cannon Fire podcast. Evan, how you doing today? And thank you so much for joining the show. Yeah, uh, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've been on your show a couple of times now. I've been lucky enough. So I uh, want to make sure that you got uh, on this show as well. Casey, how are you doing this afternoon? I know you're always running around doing crazy <laughs> things. So it's uh, nice to, you know, chill always out for a chaos. moment. No, I'm fabulous. Sunburnt. Had my little 10-second off-season with my family, so that's <laughs> just trying to get organized and get my head on straight 13 days away from training camp, so right to roll. I know. I can't wait. I'm so yeah. excited, especially all the storylines that there's a lot of what-ifs and oh, how yes. about this and will they sign this person. When you get to training camp, sure, there's still a little bit more of, oh, like they got to sign this veteran. They need another tight end. Um, because of, yeah, exactly oh, yeah. that seems to never end but uh evan i want to ask you because casey you're on the show all the time and we kind of mm-hmm. covered these topics from time to time but as far as this offseason for the tampa bay buccaneers i think it's one of the craziest in the history of the franchise between the brady unretirement or retirement and unretirement between ali marpet retiring todd balls becomes the head coach now <laughs> gronk recently retires this has to be the craziest of all time. And I guess we'll stick on the ground conversation because it is the most recent one. Um, do you think he's going to come back? Do you think it's going to be halfway through the season type of thing? Where Where's your head at with that? Yeah. So I know he recently made the comments um, that like, he was done with football, even if Tom Brady were to call him. Um, but it's, it's Gronkowski, man. And you just, you never know with that guy. It's just, he's one of those guys where I just, I'm not a hundred percent sold. Until the season's over and he's still not a member of the team, I'm still not 100% sold. So I do think there's still a chance, despite what he said there. I think once he starts to see football actually happening, I think you're going to start to get that itch a little bit. And I think if Brady calls him week eight, week nine, if the Bucks are in a bind, they'll say maybe they have an injury or two. I could see Gronkowski going back. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but I could still see it. And to me, his comments don't rule anything out for me. Yeah, I really think it's it's easy when you're on your couch. And uh, Adam says, <laughs> my man, Evan, so he's very pumped to see you uh, on the show today. It's easy when you're on your couch right now looking outside and the weather is great. And you're like, yeah, man, I'm done with football. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, you see the Bucs winning some games. I, I've always said, in case I don't know how you feel about this. Mm-hmm. I've always said I think it's really going to come down to, unfortunately, mm-hmm. if an injury happens to Cam Brate or, or someone like that. There has to be. Like, the door's always gonna, going to be open for Gronk, but I think we've seen yeah. it in the past with other teams. I don't know why the first thing that pops into my head, it was – I don't even think it was when Dak got hurt, but maybe it was a couple seasons ago when Dak got hurt. 
And everyone's like, Tony Romo, like, come out of the booth and, like, come back and play quarterback for the Cowboys. I don't know why that one always stuck in my head, but I feel like it would take that type of situation for Gronk to come back. It's not just going to be like, hey, we're winning, we're in first place, everyone's healthy. Gronk, come back for the playoffs. It's got to be like a an injury type of situation. I don't know if I'm banking on an injury to bring the guy back. I think that, you know, he's a very – in the moment type of dude. So when you're twerking in Vegas, that's what you want to do. That's what you think is going to be entertaining enough to keep you out of the game for the next couple of months. But guess what? Vegas gets a little dry and the twerking dies down. And then all of a sudden you're just this guy who needs something to do. So I don't know if it's going to be an injury, but I, I agree with both of you. I think at some point or another, we're going to end up seeing Gronk back in a Bucks uniform for a couple of weeks. And then maybe after that, he'll call it. Who knows? Because I feel like there's some steam behind the fact that Brady isn't jumping at his postseason commitment and what's coming after that. So all these things that are up in the air, it's really hard to close the football door. And I think that sometimes these guys think that it's exciting what's on the other side, what's coming next. You know, he has his Gronk fitness. He has so many projects in the fire, but that doesn't always add up to the fulfillment of being on the field, being in uniform, especially if he is healthy. The only thing I think that'll keep Gronk from not returning is if there's something that stemmed from last season injury-wise that he's like, I can't chance it. It's not worth it. I have to move on to the next chapter of my life. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It's funny because I was talking about it on the other show the other day with scott and you know casey you're you're a big fan of like classic rock and stuff like that and i was saying that you know you can never just close the door on anything because i said like motley crew has been on like multiple retirement tours (laughs) i said that he's been on two kiss retirement tours and they keep coming back journey yeah who journey they're currently in a retirement tour really okay yeah don't stop believing that might be the uh the music for the for the show today and uh like the rolling stones played at rain james stadium i don't know if they've ever done a retirement tour but i can almost guarantee that they have jay-z another one he retired multiple times he still comes back and and you know plays the hits and even comes out with new music so i don't think you could totally rule out gronk coming back especially to I, i thought it was interesting his comments we're along the lines of I'm excited to start getting into these, you know, business ventures or whatever. And I was thinking he was already in these business ventures That's while he was saying. still playing. Like, <laughs> I don't think too much of that changed. But um, obviously there will be a little bit of a change for the Bucks heading into this training camp. So, Evan, I'll ask you, um, what excites you the most about either whether it's a specific position group that you're really excited to go see? this season or um, just the overall camaraderie of the team. Uh, what excites you about the Bucks this year going to train camp? And, you know, what's a position maybe outside of tight end? Cause we can kind of chalk that up to, we don't really know what we're going to get outside of camp. Right. Is there another position that you're a little hesitant about heading into training camp where you kind of want to see a little bit more of them. Um, so you feel more comfortable when the regular season gets here. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, excitement. I think anytime you get to see Tom Brady back again, right? Sure. Especially yeah. for forty days, it was gone, right? And then right. all of a sudden, it's back. So I think you're you're very grateful for that. Um, but just you know, the offense as a whole, I, I think uh, it's obviously he's going into year three, new new head coach, same system though. That that's not going to change. Um, so he's going into year three in the same system. They've added Russell Gage. Uh, they've added a guy like Kate Otten. I know we talked about the uncertainty in the tight end room. Could they add another? Who knows? Uh, they even added a guy like Rashad White, who has had rave reviews so far. 
he could be uh, a real contributor as well. And it wouldn't shock me if he took a lot of the snaps from Giovanni Bernard as that third down pass catching back. So uh, I think if you're talking about what excites you, it's still this offense for me. Uh, I still think this offense is going to be firing on all cylinders, especially once they get uh, 100% healthy Chris Godwin back. I, I think the sky's the limit for this offense when Brady's 100% comfortable. I know they lost Ali Marpet to retirement. I know they, they lost Gronk to retirement. But I still think that this offense can still go, you know, and compete with the, the highest level of offenses in the league. And I still think they're going to be one of the best. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be much stopping them besides themselves, especially on offense. Yeah. You know, averaging 30 points a game. You replace AB with Russell Gage again, not using the same skill set as AB, but still a very talented wide receiver. Three is the point. I'm trying to get at uh, Casey, anything on your mind heading into training camp? Do you want to maybe throw one last jab at Jalen Darden or Sean Murphy? Bunting? <laughs> Any, anyone on your list today? Oh man. My hit list is actually quite low today. Um, a girl gets a vacation and she dials it back just a notch, but just a notch. Um, actually, weirdly enough, I think what I'm really anxious to see is this linebacker group. I kind of yeah. want to see, you know, what what the expansion of the role for some of these players is going to be. I'm really excited to see um, JTS, uh, but I'm also excited to see Barrett. There was almost such a such a large cloud over his head in terms of like playing parallel to JPP and now kind of being that dominant veteran presence. Like, are we going to get a sack Barrett to the next level. I just want to see what 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 the um, what the ego is going to look like in that linebacker room. And then you've got guys who started to really step up last season. So weirdly enough, I know I beat the wide receiver group to a pulp. Uh, I just have to let it play out now. And that's definitely something I'm anticipating and looking forward to in training camp. I want to see how these guys are going to line up. I want to see what the chemistry looks like. Um, I think Evan made a great point. This is an exciting offense, but you know what's going to come of it. And you can kind of start to see what will materialize in training camp. So if I'm going to have a focus, it's going to be the wide receiver group, as we all know. Um, but I also, for some reason, am really drawn to that linebacker room. See, the linebacker room actually is something that uh, I like the the top two starters, right? Shaq Barrett, JTS. I, I think JTS is going to take another step this year that he did. Mm -hmm. You know, last year we saw baby steps, I think. And that's partially because he couldn't play you know, all the snaps because there's Jason Pierre Paul there. And we know he doesn't like to come off the field at all, yep. um, which I mean, isn't a bad thing, but it's just, it's the reality of the situation. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't helpful in every game. Right. You know? Right. Especially, you know, he's banged up towards the end. He's got the, the shoulder thing and, you know, it, it was the, it was nice to see JTS, you know, get the, the snaps that he did towards the end and be productive with those. Uh, the one thing I'm looking at though, is that third uh, pass rusher. Like, is it Anthony Nelson? I know they like him. Uh, mm -hmm. And I know he's taken steps, but I just don't know if you're going to be able to rely on him as your pass rusher. So I think if you're going to add anywhere, I think I would prioritize pass rusher, maybe even over tight end. If you're going to add one veteran free agent, I think I would prioritize pass rusher. I know uh, I think you guys put out an article a little bit ago about Trey Flowers, potentially, you know, he could be a name. There's still some quality names out there. Jay's beer Paul himself is still available uh, as a free yeah. agent. So that's something that I would be a little bit concerned about the depth just at pass rusher, because I'm one of those people that you can never have enough pass rushers. I just think you should always have a rotation of healthier guys going in and out. Um, but I, I like the top two. It's just after that, it, it kind of gets a little questionable for me. 
That's a great point, actually, because really thinking about it, we there was a lot of conversation leading into the draft about adding a pass rusher after the draft, whether there'd be potential there. And what I love is that kind of heading into these matchups conversations that we're going to have with that with that load at the beginning of the season and the tough teams that they're going to face, that linebacker position is going to be crucial for some of the matchups and the athletes that they're going to face uh, opponent-wise. So I definitely agree. There's a bit of a fall-off there. I have some hope for Anthony Nelson. I feel like he started to get yeah. confidence because he started to get more reps, and then he started to maximize on the reps that he got. So it's going to be the consistency game. Can he bring that momentum and that energy from last season into this season with a bit of a chip on his shoulder? If he does that – I think he can contribute if he's starting from scratch and having to get his feet underneath him all over again and not really going to show up until mid end season, then yeah, that's not going to be helpful to anybody. No, I'm glad you guys brought up outside linebacker because, and especially the veteran part of it, because I was literally talking on yesterday's show. I was saying, you know, we're talking a little bit about tight end and Dalton Schultz. Uh, He got franchise tag. The news just came out right before the show that, um, they couldn't agree to a long-term extension. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was I would rather spend the money on a uh, veteran pass rusher where, and I wouldn't want to do JPP in this situation because he's already been on the team. So yeah. it would be kind of weird if it's like, Hey man, welcome back. But like, you're not we the starter anymore. Else, so. Right. Like I just, I just, I think the Bucks would be so much better if they just had that veteran that they know coming to this team. All right, you're going to get like 20 snaps, but it's going to be predominantly third down. Just pin your ears back, get after the quarterback. And Anthony Nelson, I actually feel pretty good about. He just had a career high in sacks last year. He's going into a contract season. And I know that affects people differently, but I would bet majority of the time when you're playing in a contract year, you up the ante and you play your best football. And Anthony Nelson, whether it's going to be re-signing with the Bucks or trying to get a contract with another team potentially to be, you know, a starter. We all saw what happened with Shaq Barrow when he was on the bench for a very long time with Denver, comes to the box and completely changed the outlook of his career. I think Nelson coming off of, again, a career best season in terms of sacks for himself um, with that contract year, I feel pretty good with him as the number three. But yeah, uh, fourth outside linebacker, get a veteran guy that, um, you know, knows how to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you just have the one good move, whether it's a spin move or a swim, whatever it might be. I think that would really be in the best interest of the Bucs. And it's funny, Casey, because when you said linebackers, initially I thought you meant like inside linebackers. And I thought that would have been a great point, too. We obviously know Levante David, Devin White. Like, there's no question about who's going to be the starter and stuff like that. Right. But in terms of David coming off of an injury, can he get back to the player that he was? Can he get more of those splash plays? Kind of the same thing with Devin White, not – terms of injuries but getting in his own way sometimes still not making necessarily the splash plays not getting to the quarterback the way that he should missing tackles when he when he's up at the quarterback so i think with larry foot moving to inside linebackers coach obviously going to help him there and on top of that i'm also very excited about players such as kj Britt and and grant stewart stewart obviously Mm -hmm. the special teams ace everyone loves him there we were talking yesterday about him potentially making the Pro Bowl as a special teams player, strictly. You know, we've yeah. seen that in the past. I know that's kind of crazy, but that's where he should be working at. And K.J. Britt, with Levante out, got a ton of time working next to, you know, Devin White, in especially in minicamp. Mm-hmm. And they're grooming him to be that, you know, Kevin Minter third string type of guy. If he was a little bit faster, I'd feel great about it. But, you know, it's that's not exactly – the case with him, but I think he's got a great opportunity to solidify himself 
as a number three inside linebacker, a guy that maybe you could trust in a game if one of those guys has to go out. Because um, I, I don't think the Buck would rule out bringing a, a veteran inside linebacker in if they yeah. really didn't feel good about the depth that they had after Levante and Devin. I, I think that could be something maybe you keep an eye on KJ Britt during the preseason. And then when yeah. teams make their final cuts, if there's an inside linebacker that you like that got cut, maybe then you pick them up. I mean, Kevin Minter is still available. I mean, you know, if they wanted him today, they could go bring him back. Right. Um, he seemed kind of, you know, he struggled a little bit last year at, at, at times. Um but, you know, I do think they like K.J. Britt. I would like to keep Grant Stewart in the role that he's in. I wouldn't really yeah. want to expand that role. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, I agree. Because I think he's really good in the role that he's in. But I think if you give him a little bit too much on his plate, I think then you run into some trouble. Uh, but, yeah, I do think inside linebacker could be a position that they looked at in late August slash early September. Yeah, I completely agree. And we heard the guys rave about KJ Britt and his potential last year during press conferences. I mean, Jordan Whitehead had great things to say about him. Levante David had great things to say about him. So while speed might not be his strong suit, we're hoping that he can make up for that with being an impactful tackler, being a strong guy, being somebody who's going to shake up a player once he makes that point of contact. So I know that they're banking on him to fulfill a bigger role uh, and to you know, show them something. So it's going to be a big training camp for him to see if that's the case. And then if not, then definitely a need for bringing in a veteran presence. But yeah, after looking through everything in the roster and preparing for training camp, I was really like, wow, I've harped on the wide receiver group, but this linebacker <laughs> room needs a conversation and yeah. some, a little bit of a spotlight there. So I'm definitely looking forward to No, that. I'm glad you uh, put the light on it because it was, <laughs> it was uh, very important. Evan, I liked something that you said recently when you were just talking about the outside linebackers. You said you can never have enough pass rushers. Uh, another thing you can never have enough of is the Celsius Energy Fast Brand Protein Bars. Guys, if you didn't know about these protein bars by now, you have to get in on them. 20 grams of protein, but even more importantly, the taste is delicious. You got the salted caramel peanut crunch and the white chocolate cookies and cream. Uh, gives you the essential energy that you need. If you maybe forgot to have breakfast and you're in the rush, just have it. It'll get you, hold you over till lunch. Uh, if you're going to work out a little bit later, maybe after this podcast, want something in your stomach before you go and pump some iron, have that Celsius fast brand protein bar. Again, 20 grams, a great substitute. If you don't want to have dessert, just have one of these bars. Tastes like candy. Two flavors, the white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel peanut crunch. Make sure you go and order them on Amazon and save $5. You can set up your shipping every two weeks, three weeks, uh, whatever it may be. So check out the Fast Brand Protein Bars. And I got the uh, both bars right here. White chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel peanut crunch. So That's the one I was just eating before. There you go. And I'm sure you feel 10 times better than if you didn't have it. Oh, I almost uh... passed out, so it was very helpful. (laughs) There you go. Lifesaver. Life-saving protein bars. Bars, yes. All right, let's get into today's topic. Obviously, we are talking about the most highly anticipated player matchups for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the 2022 season. I almost forgot what year we're in because I I don't know. I don't look at the calendar (laughs) as much as I probably should. They Uh, they all run together. Exactly. Yeah, they really do. (laughs) Um, Before we get into all the players that we're going to talk about, I'll just run through the schedule real quick. Um, They start on the road, Sunday night football against the Cowboys. Then on the road, 
uh, at the Saints. Two home games back-to-back against the Packers and the Chiefs. A third home game in a row against the Falcons. Then on the road at the Steelers, at the Panthers. A Thursday night game hosting the Ravens. A home game rematch with the Rams. Another team that's been a thorn in their side. Then they're off to Germany playing the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Bye week. Then they are on the road against the Browns. Then it's their second matchup against the Saints. A home game this time. I believe that is... uh, Sunday night or Monday night football. Um, Then a little bit of a West Coast swing here. They're on the road against the 49ers, home against the Bengals, then out West again on Christmas, Sunday night football uh, against the Cardinals. And then start of 2023, they host the Panthers on New Year's Day, and they finish the season on the road at Atlanta playing the Falcons. So we'll get into a couple of different um, player matchups whether it's one-on-one or, you know, one player against a certain unit. But, mm-hmm. of course, you know, at the beginning of the season, especially Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, you know, three out of the first four games, it's got to be about the quarterbacks. You know, playing against Dak Prescott, playing against Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Um, Casey, I guess I'll start with you. Is there anyone in particular out of those three that you're probably most intrigued in watching? Like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers seems a little <laughs> smug, uh, thinks that he knows everything, might want to, you know, to Aaron Rodgers. Got a new tattoo. Ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What or, more can I, I say about Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Um, so, actually, yeah. So he's one of my top because, first of all, we're talking about two of the most, I can't find the word yet that's just not completely offensive, so I'm going to refrain, but between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, we're talking about ego, but, you know, talent and skill and veteran presence. And we're also talking about an MVP running where a lot of people think that Tom Brady was snubbed. Um, so I feel like there's a lot to prove in this matchup with the pair of them. And thinking of the things that were left on the field from the matchup in the previous year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, Packers, Bucks, and how that duel pans out, because I don't think the Packers did well with building out their team this offseason. But we know that the Bucks need to really find their footing and really strike the consistency iron quite hot this season. So I feel like that's going to be a highly anticipated matchup. I know a lot of people want to lean towards the Mahomes versus Tom Brady conversation, but I don't think there's as much of a competitive like oh we left something on the field there because of the Super Bowl conversation I feel like that was a highly defensive um, game I feel like that was a big defensive performance aside from the quarterbacks and what they bring to the table so in the quarterback conversation I'm leaning towards Brady and Rodgers I'm not going to count out Dak Prescott for game one though when Cowboys came to Raymond James Stadium they threw a lot of people for a loop We were not expecting as much of a tight game, especially because Prescott was coming off of all of those injuries. We did not think that he was going to be performing to the level that he was the previous season. And I think he exceeded expectations, not only for himself, but for fans. You know, he kind of topped some of Brady's stats in terms of, you know, what he did that game. He had over 400 yards. His completion rate was way better than Brady's. He was one touchdown short in comparison to Brady. So you're playing against the GOAT. You did quite well coming back off of injuries, and now they're going to be in your home territory. I think that's going to be an alarming matchup to pay attention to for the opening game. Uh, yeah, I think I'm actually picking Dak Prescott. And when you talk about the three quarterbacks that we already mentioned, 
it's all kind of revenge games for them because the Bucks yes. have gotten the, the better of them um, over the last two seasons. Obviously, the Packers, it was two seasons ago, but it was mm-hmm. twice. So hurts, you know, hurts just as much. <laughs> and of course, the Chiefs, same thing, Super Bowl, that hurts the most and the way that the, the Bucks beat the Cowboys last year. But the reason I'm picking Dak, and I don't think he should get 100% of the credit, but the way that Dak went about um, not like slicing up the Bucks defense, but just saying, F the run. We're not going to run the ball at all. And we're just yeah. going to do these short little screens and slants and everything else in between. And one thing I really enjoy about Dak is all the adjustments that he makes at the offensive line. Like, I think he yes. really changes the play after it's called almost more than any other quarterback in the league. But in a sense, the way that the Cowboys and Dak went about moving the ball against the Bucks defense and sure some of it was good field position after getting some turnovers but Mm -hmm. the way that they found success and just not running the ball and doing the short passes it set everything up for the rest of the offenses uh that went against the bucks they said too all right look what the cowboys did they may not have won the game but they kept it very close we're not going to run the ball either and i think that really affected the way that the bucks were played against at least half halfway through the season um, so, Evan, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, um, if you're looking at either Mahomes or, or Rodgers as one of those other ones that kind of intrigue you a little bit more. But I, I think Dak, even though he lost uh, some weapons there on offense for, for the Cowboys, I just think the way he adjusts and the way that he attacked the Bucks last year, he might set the blueprint again for this season. Yeah, that's a really good point about Dak. Uh, and that's something that you, you hope Todd Bowles learns from. You know, you think that... Uh, he looks at week one last year and, and tries to pick up. Now, I know there's some different personnel on the defensive side of the ball now, um, but y- you hope that there is some type of learning curve there for Todd Bowles against this guy mm-hmm. uh, because, yeah, there was no doubt. He, he played fantastic week one last year, and sometimes you play great and you just don't come out with the dub. You know, sometimes that happens, but uh, yeah, he was, he was great without, without Dak in that game. Yeah. The Cowboys would have been blown out. And yeah, like yeah. you said, there were some turnovers, but he, he made some throws that I, you know, that, that one touchdown that Sean Murphy bunting got injured on. That's a fantastic throw. Uh, yeah. If, if you go back and look at that, that's just, there's nothing the defensive back can do. Like there's, there's sometimes you just got to tip your cap. And I think Dak must've done that five or six times that night. And, and it was just spectacular. So if he brings that again, this time in Dallas with the energy of that crowd on Sunday night football, that's going to be tough for the bucks to match. And uh, I, I do think that I am going to go sort of the, the, the Cowboys here because I, I'm curious to see that Cowboys defense got better as the year went on. Yes, it did. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys, yeah. the Cowboys defense, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, get back to your point in a second, but remember going into the start of last season, we you obviously didn't know how Micah Parsons yeah. going to be, but yeah, we all thought, oh, the Cowboys defense is an absolute joke. The Bucs are going to score 60 on them. They still scored a lot of points, but to, to your point, as the season went on, it was the offense that was the weakness for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and the defense was the one that was like keeping them in games, like especially that playoff game against the Niners. Yes. Yeah, and and obviously the Bucs 
could be without Chris Godwin. Like there, there's a real chance that Chris Godwin's not playing in that game. And we know how important Chris Godwin is. He scored the first touchdown of the season last year against, against the Cowboys. He That's scored, right. You know, that, that the, to set him up for the game winning field goal. It was Tom Brady to Chris Godwin. Uh, so, you know, he's incredibly important. And, um, you know, I, I think that could be an interesting thing because I think Micah Parsons has elevated his game. Now he's more experienced. Trayvon Diggs. He'll give up the big play, but you gotta be able to watch out for him. So I, I think that that guy on the screen right there, if he's playing, uh, I think it could be a really fun matchup again. But if he's not, a guy like Russell Gage is gonna have to step up, and that's exactly why they're paying him ten million dollars to step up in times like this when Chris Godwin could maybe go down. So uh, it should be a fun matchup, Equal. Yeah, and I want to get to this comment here from Jameer. He says Diggs versus Brady. Let's talk about the Bucks quarterback a little bit, uh, Tom Brady, for this game. Or I, I want to talk about Diggs, too, because Diggs, while a very talented player, and he obviously had a ton of interceptions, and that would, that's what got him a lot of the uh, you know national recognition, mm-hmm. there were a lot of times that it seemed like he was only looking for the interception because you can watch some of the tape or some of the videos that get put out on Twitter, and Diggs gets absolutely smoked on some plays where you're like, what? This is the guy that, you know, is a mobile <laughs> player and, and going on here. So um, I'm interested to see how Tom Brady and Mike Evans and hopefully Chris Godwin, but at least Russell Gage, how they decide to, I don't want to say toy with him because at the end of the day, like he he's a good player and he's still an extremely young player, but um, Diggs versus Brady or the receivers doesn't necessarily concern me. Um, for Tom Brady, and you guys can talk about either one, uh, Casey, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. The big question with Tom Brady, and obviously, you know, we can talk about Brady about Brady against literally every single defense they play. But there's been two defenses that have really given Tom Brady issues since he's been with the Buccaneers. And, of course, the first one I'm going to talk about, they play in week two, and that's the New Orleans Saints. So, Casey, is this the year that the Bucs offense, of course, led by Tom Brady, uh, gets through the House of Horrors? You know, Brady seems to always throw multiple interceptions against the Saints and is spectacular against every other team. So uh, is this the year that Brady goes into New Orleans and, uh, for lack of a better term, exercises the demons <laughs> in a place filled There's, with voodoo? Seriously, though, like we, we need a priest and an exorcist. Um, I I really want to be the optimist here and say yes, Um it's just, it's a really, it's a tough sell. The the Saints just kind of have the Bucks, the Bucks number. It's, but I will say this: Tom Brady's first season with the with the Bucks playing versus the Saints, you can see the screws and the formulas coming together in his head as he was trying to figure out exactly how they need to proceed forward to compete against the Saints. Um, I think with more time under his belt, I think after going against one of the top coaches in the league who are no longer with the saints, I feel like Brady can go to new Orleans with a game plan. And it's really going to be Brady wearing the, the, the head hat this year. If you really think about it, like, yes, Todd Bowles is the head coach, but they have such a better um, rapport, not saying anything against him and, and Arians, but all the conversations have spoken about their, you know, their chemistry, their relationships. So the conversations that they're going to have, I think they're going to be game planning together. And I think finally, at one point or another, they're going to be able to, you know, go into New Orleans 
and get the job done. Um, the biggest thing for them has always been game planning as well as health. I mean, injuries have always just spewed through the pores when it comes to playing the Saints. So playing them in week two early in New Orleans, I think that gives them a bit of an advantage as well. So I'm thinking that between Tom Brady, some of the new weapons, the fact that the Bucks should be running the ball more, the fact that I'm hoping and anticipating and putting all my chips on the fact that Leonard Fournette is going to even evolve that much more with this offense, I think that they can get the job done. Casey, thank you so much for making this next segue so easy for me. I really <laughs> appreciate that because I want to give a shout out to Alien Mastodon. Thank you so much for the $5 super chat. And just a reminder, everyone, please like and subscribe our YouTube channel. And if you are kind enough to give us a super chat, we will make sure we get to your question right away and answer it as thoroughly as he can. So thank you again to Alien. Uh, he says, anticipated player matchup is Leonard Fournette versus Saints linebacker Demario Davis. He needs to hit him and the Saints defense with Texas routes. Let me start off by saying I understand Bucks fans don't like the Saints and everything like that. Uh, I hear you. I got you. I love Demario Davis as as a linebacker, <laughs> partially because he started his career with the Jets and was great there. And just like everything else yes. with the Jets, everything I care about just dies. And he goes to another <laughs> team. Um, <laughs> but I truly think he's one of the best linebackers in the league. He's extremely aggressive. Um, he could react to plays great. And he's obviously a huge reason why the um, you know Saints have still had a great defense, even when they've had their issues on the offensive side of the ball. Leonard, I didn't necessarily have him pegged as like a, a player that I'm interested to see his matchup against the Saints. There's two other teams that I'm a little more interested to see how uh, Leonard Fournette will do. But in terms of against the Saints and using him in the passing game, I think what we saw, because obviously Chris Godwin got hurt in that second Saints game, and that's where the real culmination, Leonard Fournette was like involved in the passing game. Like there's no denying yeah. that. But when Godwin got hurt, Leonard Fournette became like the next option in the passing game. And that's why he was third among running backs uh, in receptions with, with 69 of those. So yes. I see with Fournette this year, because the proof is already in the pudding, like, okay, we don't have to wait for a receiver to get hurt. Let's just give Leonard the ball more. And sure, that might change now with Rashad White in there. But um, I think Leonard the Bucs are going to want to run the ball more. We've all talked about that, that they have been pretty uh, adamant about that. So I think he'll obviously be important in that. But um, Evan, do, do you see Leonard being like more of a factor against the Saints versus other teams? Or is it just a matter of, hey, let Lenny do his thing and run wild against everyone? Yeah, you know, I actually think the Bucs could now have a ingredient for this, and that is Rashad White. You know, yes, me, he did bring him up before. He's more of a natural pass catcher than Fournette. I know Fournette was yes. good last year. Like for Fournette was good last year. He was much better in 2021 than he was in 2020 in terms of catching the football, like no mm -hmm. doubt. But in terms of pure pass catching, route running, and stuff like that, and his overall speed, I think if you're gonna wanna get your running backs to run actual routes and not just be like check down options, I think a guy like Rashad White, who you didn't have available last year, obviously. I think he could be the, the key here, and, and I, I really do. I've been talking about him a lot leading up to training camp. Uh, I, I do think he's going to see a lot of snaps, and maybe now he is the key. Last time they went down to New Orleans, yeah, Brady threw some picks. But he played fantastic. Yeah, you know, a lot of people forget that the Bucks had the lead with about four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. 
and you know the, the defense couldn't stop Tr- Trevor Simeon. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and, and then the, the you know the next game, obviously, if if the Bucks kick a field goal on their opening drive in New Orleans, that'll be better than the last time they played them. So, um, but I, I think that guy right there, Rashad White, I think he could be the key if you're looking to get the running backs more involved in the passing game. The Saints at all three levels of their defense, they just confuse Tom Brady. It's just yeah. it's so confusing. Demario Davis is so good. I remember there was a play last year in Tampa. Uh, I think Gronk was running like a streak across the middle of the field, and Demario Davis, I think he was the last line of defense, and Davis just got a fingertip on it. And I remember the broadcast crew kind of going like, "How did he do that?" Like <laughs> yes. Demario Davis is a fantastic player. But it feels like he plays like ten times more of his ability when it's against the Bucks and Tom Brady. So, and if I feel like that's the entire Saints defense, it's just they get up mm-hmm. for these games. So it's now it's it's time for the Bucks to get up for these games, and they got to find a way to get some more answers, both on offense and on defense. But I think Rashad White versus the Saints linebackers could be a bit more of an intriguing option than than Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I had Rashad White as um as an X factor for this year. This is a but a another podcast episode that we had this week. And I had Rashad white on on that side of the ball, but you make a great point about the saints where defensively, they just like, they get in your head. They they, like, they have all these tricks and their disguises and everything. It it really is. It's, it's frustrating when it's against the bucks, but it really is like fascinating uh, to watch. Great comment here from Harvinder. He says, is this Tampa Bay team better than last season's team? Casey, I'll start with you unless you want to uh, think about it for a moment. But I think this is a very tough question. I think there's multiple ways you can look at it. But straight up, is this Tampa Bay team better than last season's team? You know, I'm going to go with yes because they're going to start off on a healthier slate. I think that they're going to find better ways to protect themselves and better ways to game plan. I think there was a lot of tough lessons that this team had to learn last season. Um, I don't think they're going to be reeling in a whole bunch of veterans to just plug and play into their system and think that they're going to pan out the way that they had dreamed and hoped and imagined. I think they're going to have a more logical plan. Um, And, you know, there's some hopeful players for, for this roster. When you think about, what you guys have said about Rashad White, when you think about the fact that Leonard Fournette isn't on a contract where he's wondering where he's going after the season, like he knows mm-hmm. he's here, he needs to make a difference. And if it's going to count more than ever, it's this season. You know, he's got to earn that contract that he just got. Um, Tom Brady, his days are numbered. So he doesn't like going out with a bad taste in his mouth. I just feel like there's so many levels to why this team has to perform this season on top of you know, the bad taste it was left in their mouth after last season because to deal with the injuries that they dealt with and to have a lot of the hard games that they had to overcome or fall to, they were very capable in a lot of the circumstances that they were in. They they were a competitive team. They just weren't able to get the job done. And in many ways, that is a huge motivator for the guys returning to the roster this season. So I 100% think that this roster is better Um I know that there's some people that are missing and some positions that need help in life. But even aside from that, the veterans that remain on this team are a strong veteran group. The new guys that are coming in have a lot of potential. And as long as that they have a strong training camp and a strong preseason and they're head on right and they're putting in the work, I really feel good about this roster. Evan, what do you think? Yeah, you know, this is an interesting one because – it's tough to to give a straight answer because their departures weren't 
minor departures. It wasn't like last Great. year where mm-hmm. they lost. Okay, yeah, they lost Joe Haig to the Steelers, a backup offensive lineman. That was you know Anthony Alclair. That was pretty much it. You yeah. know, Ali yeah. Marpet to retirement, one of the best guards in football. Rock Gronkowski to retirement, one of the best tight ends in football. Jordan Whitehead to free agency, who was a fantastic safety for them and a very important player in yes. Todd Bowles' system. Very, you know, you always noticed the the run defense, right? Two guys that I think were major, you know, contributors for that is Levante David and Jordan Whitehead. And the reason I say that, every time one of the even one of those guys were out, the run defense wasn't the same. Yeah. And I think those guys were really important. You won't have Whitehead. Yeah, you replaced them with guys like Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan. So it's interesting to see how they react to that. Uh, obviously, Shaq Mason on the offensive line as well. I think yes. I think I'm going to lean yes just because I talked about earlier Brady being in the third year of the same system. The defense is now in the fourth year of Todd Bowles' yes. system. The, the continuity now that they haven't had for so long, I yes. think it's finally there. And I think that's where, even though with the schedule – Maybe they don't win 13 games. That doesn't mean this is not a better team, though. If they win 12, 11, even 10 games, this still could actually be a better equipped team to go out and, and win, you know, big time playoff games because of the schedule that they're facing. So just, you know, let's say they win 11 games, they could still technically be a better team than they were last year. And I think health is the major factor. But yes. I think if you're just looking at it on paper, I do think they, they can be a, a better team than they were last year. Yeah, I think ex- ex- experience-wise, there's no question, as you said, Brady going into his third year, the, the defense being together for a while. Experience-wise, that's going to propel them against other opponents and just sticking together as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, I do think they're better than last year, and I totally get yes. um, I, I totally get that losing Jordan Whitehead is really tough. And, you know, JPP as a leader. The Dominican Sue. And- yeah, and Dominican Sue as well. You know, those are significant guys. But I, I I look at the other side of it of okay Jordan Whitehead isn't there and that sucks. But Mike Edwards maybe I'm higher on Mike Edwards than others. But I just think his uh you know his takeaway ability, the interceptions that he's going to bring as a full time starter, I think is very exciting. I think when you bring in uh, Akeem Hicks and Logan Hall along the defensive line, just getting even more of a push up front. Um, another year of experience for Devin White, Joe Tryon Shoyanka just having free reign to play outside linebacker, not having to move inside, not having to wait on the bench, like just going full throttle. I think that's really going to help. Offensively, I, they, I, they're not as good as, as last year. But when you lose Gronk, that's obviously a huge factor. And while Russell Gage is exciting, listen, headaches aside and everything like that, yeah. Antonio Brown was great for this offense. Just the talent, like, you know, he has the Hall of Fame talent. There's, it's really difficult to replace that on top of, you know, the two offensive guards that aren't there. And sure, you bring in Rashad White. But when you're talking about two Hall of Fame talents in Gronk and Antonio Brown, it's difficult to say that this year's iteration of the offense is going to be better. But what I will say is the drop-off of last year's offense and this year's offense isn't as big as the increase that the Bucks will get from all the injuries last year on defense to this year's defense with the new additions. So um, experience wise, they're better defensively. I think they're better, but on offense, um, I don't necessarily think that's the case. If you want to argue about that more, maybe <laughs> bet on it with someone like that. The best place to go and do that 
would be with mybookie.ag. And football season is just around the corner. Training camp is coming up in about two weeks. Uh, but right now, you know, you still got the UFC going on. You got uh, the PGA Tour golf going on right now, the Open. Fortunately, Tiger Woods is doing terrible. Doesn't look like he's going to make the cut. Not going to sugarcoat it. But you can still <laughs> bet on guys like Scotty Scheffler and, uh, you know, other star players there. And we're right in the middle of baseball season. And 162 games of baseball season can feel like a grind to watch. But you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. There's run lines, money lines. First inning, no runs, the best bet in all of professional sports and props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit up to $1,000 and play with $500 instantly. Just use the promo code Pewter to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Bet on baseball right now. Bet on a great team like the New York Mets. Just won two out of three against the big, bad Atlanta Braves. Mets still in first place. You don't want to bet on, like, a loser team like the Phillies who, you know, <laughs> blow seven run leads and just lost to the Blue Jays last night, bet on the Mets. Uh, so go ahead and sign up today using promo code pewter to secure your first deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars with my bookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. That's mybookie.ag promo code pewter. All right, guys, we spent a lot of time just dissecting the <laughs> the first couple of games of the season. But mm -hmm. I do think it was very important to, you know, to bring up that topic of conversation because many people say that, you know, the first month of the season is really going to set the tempo for the Bucs because they have, you know, such a tough schedule. So, you know, as we move a little bit further down the schedule, you know, after the Chiefs game, they play the Falcons. Um, we talk about Kyle Pitts a little bit, but. It's the Steelers game on the road at Pittsburgh, October 16th. One thing that really interests me in that game, um, obviously the Steelers on defense have a premier pa pass rusher with TJ Watt. So that means, and I think they move him around a little bit, um, that means he's going to be going up against Donovan Smith. And hopefully, even more exciting would be TJ Watt against Tristan Wirfs, two of the best of the best at their positions. Um, I would love to see that. We could talk about both. I think Donovan Smith, you know, this is a great measuring stick for him. Obviously had a little bit of trouble uh, last year going up against Von Miller, but, you know, it's Von Miller. He's a great pass rusher. I think Donovan holds his own, uh, you know, uh, usually against some of the best guys, especially in the Brady era. But, man, <laughs> Tristan Wirfs against TJ Watt would be, like, unreal. It would be unreal. That'd be so exciting because how many sacks has Tristan Wirfs actually let up? And then you have TJ Watt coming off of 48 solo tackles, 22 and a half sacks. And he's a Watt for crying out loud. They work out for fun. Yeah. And what, what I mean by fun is like, they it's just an all day thing for them just working on their craft. So that's always a scary thing. And wasn't he defensive player of the year last season? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he was. And he, right. had, that, he had that touchdown in the, in the, playoff game against the Chiefs. Yeah. It's like the only points they scored. <laughs> and he's an extremely athletic guy. He's not afraid. Like he, He's versatile, clearly, but he's not afraid to try something different. And the Steelers really have nothing to lose. Now, do I think the Bucs are going to lose to the Steelers? No. Do I think that there's some exciting matchups out there? Absolutely. I'd love to see Tristan Wirfs and TJ Watt go at it. But I'd actually like to see what's going to take place with Mika Fitzpatrick as well. Really? Yeah. Uh, in 
any Bucks receiver in particular or just um, the, the head games? Well, I think I think initially everyone's thought process goes to like, you know, probably Chris Godwin, how that would pair off, but kind of how Tom Brady would level against him. Mm. He was ranked, I think, one of the top 10 um, safeties in the league. So when you think about going against the best quarterback in the league and the chips that these guys have on their shoulder going against the GOAT of, of, of the NFL, then there's just sky's the limit as to what we can see out there. So I think it's going to be a very entertaining game and an entertaining matchup. But, um, yeah, I want to see Tristan Works and TJ Watt go at it. Yeah, Casey, when, when you brought up Minka Fitzpatrick, my mind didn't go to a receiver. It went to Tom Brady because yeah. <laughs> as much as Tom Brady, I think, likes to know what his the corners are doing and likes to deceive them, mm-hmm. he loves to deceive safeties with his eyes and just what he can do. And that's why the Saints have been in so much trouble because a lot of guys like Marcus Williams and Chauncey Garner-Johnson, yes. they, don't, they don't fall for that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's a chess match, and Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the best in the game. So that would be very interesting. Uh, yeah, I, for a Steelers game plan's sake, you probably put TJ Watt against Donovan Smith. But yes, for entertainment purposes, Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's just, let's just have Watt, Watt versus Worfs. Like, come on, yeah, give um, us one lineup of it. Yeah, but really quick before we move on later in the schedule, I did want to get this out there before I forget it. Yeah, please. I, I got to go, go, go back. I got to go back to that Chiefs game. I got to go back to the Chiefs game. How about Todd Bowles versus Andy Reid yet again, right? Andy Reid basically beat him in the first one, right? Todd Bowles came back, learned from it. Todd Bowles came back in the Super Bowl and just had one of the best defensive game plans I think I've ever seen. Beat him in the Super Bowl in embarrassing fashion. How does Andy Reid respond to that? Does Todd Bowles go back to his old ways? Does he live and die by the blitz? Does he, you know, force the Chiefs to throw it? Does the loss of Tyree Kill does that change how Todd Bowles game plans for it? I'm very curious to see the chess match between Bowles and Reed for the third time here. Evan, that's I, a great one. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Casey. No, I was just agreeing. I'm saying that. Yeah, that's I, 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 I absolutely <laughs> love that answer because you go back two seasons ago, the regular season. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs obviously torched the Bucks in the first half, and then Todd Bowles mm-hmm. made that adjustment, played more cover two. Changed everything. The Bucks got back into that game. And then obviously they stuck with that for the Super Bowl. And we all know what happened there. The pass rush did their thing. But yeah, there's a lot of different elements um, to that with Tyreek not being there with Todd Bowles. You know, now, not that I, I don't think the power will go to Todd Bowles' head. You know, he's been a head coach before, but he doesn't have the answer to anyone. So, you know, maybe there was some direction. Hey, stick with this cover too. Maybe Todd gets, you know, a little cocky being like, all right, well, I can beat you this way. Let me see if I can beat you another way. Um, you see it sometimes with like UFC fighters. Like a guy might be great, you know, standing up and throwing punches, but he wants to prove he can win on the ground. So he'll like, yeah. <laughs> you know, try to take a guy down. It doesn't make sense. It's just like an ego type of thing. But sticking with that Chiefs game, um, I want to mention uh, an element of that Chiefs game, but the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, the Bucks also play against Kyle Pitts, and they, all, they also play against George Kittle later yes. in the season. So we're talking about three – Obviously, with Kittle and Kelsey, the top two tight ends in the NFL, in my opinion. And, Kyle well, and, and they also play Mark Andrews from Baltimore yes, as well. Yes, in Baltimore. Thank oh, wow. you. So we're talking about like some top-notch uh, tight ends this year. Um, I love that type of matchup where mm-hmm. you know the Bucks and Todd Bowles have to decide, will it be you know Devin White lining up with someone like Kyle Pitts, who's a little bit quicker? Um, you know, Would they want to put 
a safety on someone like Kittle. I don't know if you necessarily could, but Devin White, one of the knocks against him really has been his coverage. But you're talking about like the main focal points of almost all of the offenses of tight ends that that we talked about. I think that matchup would be uh, super interesting from that aspect. I had Kittle um, versus Devin White as a matchup. Yeah, there you go. Okay, too. cool. So, yeah, because George Kittle is a freak. He's going to – he's grooming his path to be one of the top tight ends. Um, and I'm, I'm actually a big fan of the 49ers team and roster and what they've got going on for the most part. So it'll be interesting to see. I feel like Devin White is going to have to come into this season really adjusting to the criticism that he was getting last year. His mistakes were very apparent. Um there's no question around it. So he has more of a singular focus in terms of where he needs to clean up his game. So it shouldn't be that hard for him. The potential's there, but this is going to be a big season for him to show that he can be a real leader, have his head on right, and make changes in the offseason that's going to benefit this team in season. Yeah, we shall see. And I'm also interested to to watch Devin White. We, we love his speed. And uh, unfortunately, with Chris, Christian McCaffrey getting hurt, um, we didn't get to really see much of him at all uh, last season, and he was injured by the time that the Bucks played the Panthers. But Devin White against Christian McCaffrey, like if they run a play to the outside, just going to be so much fun to watch. You know, those two guys go speed for speed, see who can get to uh, the corner first. But as we move down the schedule a little bit more, um, there are two quarterbacks in general, not Jalen Hurts, but I am <laughs> I am uh, talking in regards to. Of uh, the pursuit of these quarterbacks, um, Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon Shoinka. Um, that Thursday night game against the mm-hmm. the Ravens, you're obviously going to be going up against uh, Lamar Jackson. And then Christmas night against Kyler Murray, I think the battle is really intriguing. Obviously, as an edge rusher, it's all about outside contain. You don't want to let Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray get outside of the pocket. Uh, obviously, they're two of the quickest quarterbacks in the game. They know how to move around and uh, create more time for themselves. So I guess it's more about Shaq and, and Joe Tryon-Shanka. I guess you can include the entire defensive line, but just making sure that they stay in their gaps and they're able to you know, engulf these quarterbacks to make sure that they stay in the pocket and can't ad-lib and get creative. I'm really interested to see, especially with the speed of Joe Tryon-Shanka, um, you know, getting after these quarterbacks but keeping them contained at the same time. Evan, what do you think? Yeah, so I was actually going to go to Baltimore, and uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, I think, versus the entire Buccaneers defense for for me, Um, because Todd Bowles has not yet faced Lamar Jackson as the Buccaneers defensive coordinator slash head coach. He hasn't faced Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has played the Bucs one time. That was when, I believe, Mark Duffner was actually the interim defensive coordinator in 2018, so I'm curious to see the the game plan that Todd Bowles has against Lamar Jackson because he's a very unique player. But Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, you know what he struggled against last year? The blitz. So I wonder, mm-hmm. but that's all that's a dangerous game though, when you're when you're blitzing him, because if he breaks that edge, he's gonna go for a long time and, and you're not gonna be able to stop it. So I it's a give and take, I, I think. We've seen him game plan against Kyler Murray before in his rookie season. Kyler Murray came to Tampa, the Bucs beat the Cardinals, but we haven't seen him yet as the Bucs defensive coordinator with the personnel the Bucs have, the speed of Joe Tryon Shoinka, the speed of Devin White. That's what I'm curious to see against Lamar Jackson, and I think that's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. Yes, and to think most of the running quarterbacks that they have played against aren't as lengthy as Lamar Jackson is. 
And so if he does break away out of any of those tackles and he has that stride to get him down the field a bit quicker than, you know, a Jalen Hurts or somebody else. So that is going to be very interesting to see how they pair that up. Um, I also, for the Ravens, Ronnie Stanley, he's still there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's going to be a fun matchup and the inside there to see, you know, the fighting Irish against this defensive line. Oh. And we talked about it on one of the previous podcasts that we have a lot of faith in and and confidence in the Bucks defensive line, but they're going to be going up against some of elite um, interior elite tackles, elite offensive lines this season from, you know, Ravens, Ronnie Stanley to jumping back to the 49ers, Trent Williams. There's going to be a lot of excitement to see Trent Williams go against the Bucks defensive line and, and how he'll produce or if he'll produce, you've got these two big guys that are over six, five, 300 and some odd pounds. And Trent Williams is so quick for his size. I think he ran like a four, eight, something 40. Um, he's got bursts. He's, he's explosive and he's strong. So I don't know how many teams last year, offensive line wise presented a huge issue for the Bucks, but I think this season will be a season that we see a lot more big matchups when it comes line to line. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Casey, Um, especially when you look at Shaq and Shaq's done so many great things for this team, but he is like a little bit undersized in terms of edge rushers. So I I don't see that as a good matchup for Shaq at all, where I'd almost rather just take my chances with JTS, who has freakish like talent and athleticism. So maybe, you know, just taking the young guy, having him go rep after rep after rep, maybe he'll tire him out. Probably won't, but at least like, He's got the strength. He's quick. Hopefully working on some more moves this offseason. Like, I'd rather just have Shaq go up against the other offensive tackle, and and if he wins more of those matchups, that's great. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really tough going up against a premier tackle like that. I'd almost rather Joe Tryon Chayinka, like, phrase it as, like, a learning opportunity for Joe <laughs> Tryon Chayinka. Well, if we've learned like. anything about JTS and his, and his evaluation of himself after the games and the opportunities he got last season – immediately he was already thinking about what he could have done better and was taking responsibility for it, which is huge because not every player, especially a young guy um, knows how to really evaluate that quickly and want to make that change. He was very eager to get back on the field and make that change and make those differences. He was beating criticism to the punch. So to have that kind of um, mentality young and to have the athleticism that he has, I feel like, you know, he was a, had a very focused off season and he's going to be so determined to come in and perform that much better than he did last year. So I would take JTS over Barrett as well in, in many circumstances. One more matchup I, I wanted to mention. Uh, and also I wanted to speak, we're, we're, we're focusing a lot on the opposing team's offenses. And I think that speaks to the amount of talent that the Bucks are going to face on opposing teams' offenses this yeah. year. Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, Baltimore. Uh, you know, like, there's a lot of talented offenses that they're going to face this year. Uh, so I, I wanted to bring up one that the Bucks' offense will have to game plan for, and that's going to go to the San Francisco game. Talked about Trent Williams against either Shaq Barrett or, or JTS. I want to see Nick Bosa against either Donovan Smith or, or Tristan Wirfs. Uh, Nick Bosa is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL as well. Yeah, um, and I'm very curious to see how they game plan for him. Is I think I think he's one of them type of pass rushers where if he's on, he can wreck the entire game for you. Yeah, um, the Bucks will definitely be hoping that uh, you know Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs can you know 
knock over Bosa like a bowling pin. And the best <laughs> place that you can go bowling is at Pin Chasers. Uh, they got multiple locations, as you see, at East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans. They have one pretty close to the Advent Health Training Center where the um, where the Bucks practice and we'll have training camp. Um, but the food is underrated. The pizza's great. Chicken tendies, awesome. Nachos, <laughs> off the charts. Um, they have different events literally every single night. There's all-you-could-eat pizza, all-you-could-bowl, Dollar Miller Lights, uh, brunch on the weekend. So there is a deal out there for you. Just make sure you go to pinchasers.net to see what it is. You can also reserve a lane or book a party for your kid. They got the arcade room, so your kid can bowl, play the video games, everything else in between. So it's a great night out for friends and family. And again, go to pinchasers.net and to find out what deals they have and to reserve a lane or book a party. All right, guys, as we uh, start to wind down here, there are a couple other matchups that I'll just kind of go over quickly. Feel free to comment on them or if you have any other matchups that you want to get to. There's the fan matchups that people submitted on Instagram. Oh, yes. Casey, yeah, please. <laughs> um, we put out a, a graphic on our Insta story about uh, what matchups most intrigue you and the pewter people have responded. So, Casey, tell us <laughs> Yeah. Peeps have spoken. Okay, so one of them that was, I don't know why I laughed at this, but I'm me. So um, <laughs> Baker Mayfield versus the Bucks secondary. Hey, the, we've all talked about that the Bucks need to get more picks. Why not do it against Baker? <laughs> why Mayfield? not do it against this guy? I think that's that this is a great, great opportunity for them to do so. So that was one that was um, submitted by the PR peeps. Another one was Jibo Samuel versus the Bucks defense. Yeah, I want to get into. Sorry, uh, please finish your point. If oh no, I was saying I was handing it back. Gotcha, You're passing the baton. Yeah. yeah uh, so Carlton was one of the guys that I really want to get to because obviously he's the number one corner on this team. That there's no debate there. Um, and most of the time he goes up against the number one corner, number one receiver uh, of the other team. So I think especially towards the end of the year. You got Carlton against DeAndre Hopkins. He'll be done with his suspension there. We obviously all love the infamous Carlton Davis game from a couple years ago when Hopkins was on the Texans and he played very well against him. So you're going to have Carlton against Hopkins. I'm pretty sure that will be the matchup there. But, mm -hmm. you know, when they played the, the Bengals, they go up against Jamar Chase. And as you just mentioned, Debo with the 49ers, we've seen in the past, especially with someone like Debo that moves around everywhere, is a running back at times when he wants to be, who knows? Obviously that was a big storyline <laughs> this off season, but with some of the quicker type of wide receivers, and I put chase in, in that category too, for example, Tyreek on the chiefs, they had Carlton not up against Tyreek. That was, you know, Jamel Dean that essentially had that job. And remember Jamel Dean did not play in that first regular season game against the chiefs. Then he was back right. for the, um, for the Super Bowl, and obviously he's a little bit quicker. So I'm curious to see that match up there. I think Davis will be against Hopkins. I don't know about Chase or necessarily um, Samuel, but then, of course, you got to factor in. I know the Seahawks stink, especially after trading Russell Wilson. But, you know, DK Metcalf against Carlton Davis, I think that's a really fun matchup. Both mm -hmm. physical guys lining up at the line of scrimmage, getting, a, you know, getting that hand placement and everything like that. I think that's a really fun matchup to watch. I agree. If you if you're just talking about you know Tyreek Hill and just speed, the the Bucks play the Ravens. It's it's not a high profile name, but they also played uh, obviously the Cardinals. Now you say Hopkins, right? Let's say yeah. he assumes he's on Hopkins. If he's not, he's going to be on Hollywood Brown. 
Hollywood Brown is a burner. Like, and Carlton Davis struggled against Tyreek Hill and in that Chiefs game. Like, th- there's a reason that Jamel Dean was covering him most of the time in the Super Bowl. So yeah. I'm curious to see Davis and Dean as a duo against a lot of these re- receiving corps, not just one particular guy i'm eager to see both of them against these receivers nowadays are becoming you know just so common for teams to have basically almost two number one wide receivers and mm-hmm. um i'm very curious to see how both those guys perform this season yeah great point i mean you have to speed i've complained about the speed on the secondary for a long time not that it's particularly <laughs> on their list of things to be concerned about but nowadays you know you you're getting a lot Teams are securing that speed mm-hmm. serve, making sure they have one wide receiver that can really burn it up. And when you have that and you can rely on that guy in, in particular moments, then it's going to become an issue. Um, so, yeah, I would see the Dean Carlton duo going against some of the top wide receivers out there. Another one that fans submitted was <laughs> Devin White versus Rojo. I think that was just kind of- <laughs> <laughs> That is just – that guys, we don't – no, I'm good. I'm good for comedy. I, I I like when people give like a, a humorous type of answer. Oh, yeah, it. wasn't it. really wasn't really thinking about that one. I, I do like the the creativity there it is pretty spot on. It's pretty good. We appreciate it. Um, also, Devin White versus Nick Chubb. And okay. Or, yes. Go no, me. I was gonna say. So I had I had Devin White against Nick Chubb, but I think that can be expanded to the Bucks defensive line and linebackers against. The, the Browns offensive line and, you know, their talented backfield with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Obviously a big factor in this is whether or not Deshaun Watson will be playing. Um, yeah. Because if he, if he is playing that obviously he, he's a talented quarterback. So that, that hurts the bucks. But you know, if they have Jacoby Brissett in there then you could stack the line, but the Browns are kind of used to that because, you know, whether Baker was hurt or whatever it may be, teams know the Browns want to run the ball and they still do it. So I would love for that matchup. The Bucs obviously have one of the best run-stopping defenses in the league, and I don't think it's going to change just because Ndamukong Sue is in there. So I think that's going to be an awesome matchup between those two units right there uh, up at the line of scrimmage. Yes. And then it was the last Devin White matchup was um, Aaron Jones from the Packers. Okay, cool. Um, I We talked a lot about the, the early schedule, but just – one more group that I two more things I want to bring up. Then if you guys have any other matchups you want to talk about, we can do that and then wrap it up. Um, one of them was uh, we didn't even really talk about, it, even though they're on the cover, Mike Evans against Jalen Ramsey. Um, now yeah. it's one of those situations. Ramsey's not going to guard Mike, like literally every single play. All right. That hasn't been the case, but sometimes in coverage, you know, Mike Evans has gotten the better of Jalen Ramsey. I, I still think about that that game two seasons ago when Mike caught the ball and, like, bullied his way into the end zone, like, essentially mm-hmm. hopping on one leg because, you know, they <laughs> grabbed him. And then, obviously, in the playoffs, Mike Evans had that big touchdown with Jalen Ramsey in, in coverage. It, it was found out after that he was very injured. But nonetheless, Mike Evans has had some success against Jalen Ramsey, I think a little bit more than we kind of, like, all uh, expected. The other one, I, I was talking about Leonard Fournette earlier. I know he played – the for the Jaguars and then, you know, came here to the Bucks. But his running style reminds me of like an AFC North type of running back. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to watch Leonard Fournette um, against the Steelers, against the Browns, and against the Ravens. You know, three teams that are, are pretty good up front defensively. Um, 
just Leonard Fournette, his running style, I think it's very more, uh, you know, acro pro for those, you know, for those type of defenses. So those are just two other things that I had on my mind. Uh, are there any other matchups that you guys had um, as we close things out here? The last one was the Re- Cooper Cup versus the Bucks again. And then um, <laughs> how will Antoine Winfield Jr.? expand his role on the Bucks, and who will he shut down this season? Um, what top guy will he shut down this season? Evan, you want to answer that one? Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about the list of tight ends that they're going to play. You know, I think a safety like uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. could help out there. I'm not saying he's going to completely shut them down, but... Um, if you had to be extreme, I, though, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I could see, like, I mean, they play the Cowboys and Dalton Schultz week one. Like, I could see Antoine Winfield, like, really giving Dalton Schultz some issues. Um, obviously, Kittle's such a big part of the 49ers offense, but we talked about they got Debo. So, but if you can shut down Kittle, that just makes things so much easier. So, like, Winfield can help with that. And even, you know, if they wanted to play, I know they have Mike Edwards there, and he can play a little bit. But if Sean Murphy Bunting struggles, I think Winfield could play a little bit of nickel. Um, he has some experience doing it. I think if they needed to, I think they would prefer to keep him just at a pure safety spot. But if he needed to come down and play a little bit of nickel, be that blitzer off the edge there, like he did against the Bears, you know, I remember he just screamed off the edge uh, and had to sack on Justin Fields. So I I could see him being used a lot like that, kind of like a a Tyron Matthew type, just being used all around the field, uh, being used for a lot of different roles. So not necessarily, I don't think shutting guys down, but I think you're going to see his impact pretty much in every area of the game. And that's how he should be used. He yes. should not yeah. just be back there at safety. One of my favorite things about Antoine Winfield Jr. is when he's up at the line of scrimmage going after the quarterback, it would be silly for the Bucs to just put him in a box and say, all right, do this. You're staying there. Yes. Yeah. Put him everywhere. And if that means, you know, Keanu Neal gets on the field more as like another safety, or you want to put Logan Ryan at safety, like Antoine Winfield Jr. can play in the slot. He did at some points last mm-hmm. year. He can play back. We all love the interception against the Colts and he can go after the quarterback too. And Todd Bowles loves more than anything else. Versatile safety. So I, yeah. I do think that, that that interception against the Colts don't mean to cut you off, but no, you're fine. Th- that interception against the Colts might be the, one of the best, like, ball tracking plays from a defensive back I've ever seen. Like that was just, that was spectacular. Um, The way against a bigger receiver and Michael Pittman jr. uh, That was just spectacular. And that just shows you he's not just the blitzer. He's not just this dude who's going to be a safety. He can be a ball Hawk when he wants to be too. And I think the future and the, the ceiling for him, I think he hasn't even reached his potential yet. And he's already a fantastic player. I couldn't agree more. Big, big Winfield Jr. fan over here. And then just the last one would be Cooper Cup and his destruction to the Bucks. <laughs> well, Cooper Cup I'm destroyed looking at you, everyone. Todd yeah, yeah. <laughs> Todd, that, that's going to be on Todd Bowles. Uh, that's going to Cooper be on... Cup versus Bowles. Yeah, yeah. Cup, yeah, that's fine. There you go. Cup versus Bowles. Uh, but you know what? Cooper Cup destroyed everyone last year. I mean, he was the triple crown <laughs> yeah. winner. You know, for a reason. But yeah, that'll be on Todd Bowles to uh, you know chill on the aggressiveness for a week going up against the Rams. Um, that, of course, will be a very exciting exciting matchup. We talked a lot about revenge for opponents against the Bucs. Obviously, Tampa Bay is, um, you know, still looking for that revenge against Real the quick, LA Rams. Yeah. Who do you think they'd be looking for revenge, like, more against? The Saints, who they haven't beaten in the regular season yet, have owned them, or the Rams, who eliminated them? 
It's got to be the Rams. Because yeah, be. that's, that's what I think. Because at, at the end of the day, like yeah, it, it, they almost beat them. Like it was winnable. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it, it was it, right it was, un, it was unfortunate that they haven't beat beaten the Saints in the regular season. Uh, for they beat a while, them when it counted though. So. But exactly, yeah. they beat them when it counted in the playoffs, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. So like you, you still have that, uh, you know, argument right there. And then yeah, to, to your point, Casey, just the fact that they tied the game up, and it's like all right, they're going in overtime, but oh, they're not going to overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one hurts a lot more, especially especially yeah. when they were down both Tristan Wirth and Chris Godwin, and you only lose the game by three points. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. You think yeah. of like the players that they lost coming, like rallying back and tying up the game, and almost having that opportunity right there just for it to seep away. I feel like that was and they, and they were I mean, just watching it. That was a gut punch for me. I felt like somebody just karate chopped me in my windpipe, <laughs> and that was the end of it. They would have won by like thirty against the Niners, and they probably they would have won. won by, they would have won the Super Bowl if they got. They would have won by at least two <laughs> touchdowns against the Bengals. Like yeah. it wouldn't have been, <laughs> it wouldn't have even been close. But you know what? Tom Brady's back, and most of the offense is still, you know, a, among the elite, and their defense is healthy and, and probably better uh, this season. So uh, that'll about do it for today's episode. Casey and Evan, thank you so much for joining. Uh, Evan, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, anything coming up with the Cannon Fire podcast? Uh, yeah, so we just actually published a, a new episode uh, yesterday. So check that out uh, on Cannon Fire podcast on YouTube. You can find us anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at EvanNFL also. Awesome. Oh, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you guys again. And I just want to remind everyone one more time, to uh, hit the like button, subscribe, Pewter Report TV, get us all of, um, you know, get you guys all of that content uh, that we have going up on our uh, YouTube channel and, of course, pewterreport.com. So, again, like and subscribe, Pewter Report TV. So, thanks, everyone, for watching. For Evan, for Casey, I'm Matt Matera saying we'll see everyone next week for a full slate of new episodes of the Pewter Report podcast.